This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Okay, everybody, take out your Bibles to Acts 24. Acts chapter 24. And while you're turning there, I'm actually going to go over here to John chapter 8 because I want to just read you one quick little verse of Scripture while you're going to Acts 24. I'm going to read you John 8. Chapter 8, verse 12. And the purpose of this one scripture is to show you what we're teaching from this whole month. We're in a teaching series called Light Up the Darkness. And there's a purpose for this series, and there's even a strategy. And, and I don't mind telling you uh, my, my method, and that is I take the month of August because I know that whether it whether it be the weather not changing, we know the weather's not changing anytime soon, but our schedules are because we're about to head into the school season. People's lives, we're, we're all kind of going to get leveled out back into a little norm for a few months. And what happens during this time are people start asking faith questions. Moms and dads realize that they need, they need to put God back in their home. So most of the time, they start asking friends at work and maybe the neighbor down the street. Or maybe they're sitting by a parent at the ball game here in a few weeks. And they say, well, what do you guys do on the weekends? And I'm doing my best to prepare you and equip you for what I'm going to say is going to happen. And that is we're, we're fixing to really have a harvest season as a ministry. It happens every fall. And our churches just continued to grow through the summer. And I'm, I'm serious. My faith is so high. I have a feeling this is going to be a record year for us. So I want you to be a part of it, okay? So light up the darkness. And today's subtopic is a conviction that leads to faith. Conviction that leads to faith. Now, here's my one scripture, and then we'll go to Acts 24. John chapter 8, verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me, look at the condition. You have to follow Jesus. You have to be a Jesus Follower, But if you will be, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. What happens when we walk in darkness? We stumble all over ourselves. What happens when we walk in darkness? We're, we're, we're discombobulated. We're confused. We make really bad choices. We, we bump into things. Well, you don't have to. If you'll follow Jesus, you won't walk in darkness. It says, but you shall have the light of life. If you'll follow Jesus, you'll have the light of life. Again, as a recap, this sermon series exists for you, the church, to fall in love with the idea of lighting up the dark places in our culture. So let's get started here. It's without question that when we are, or let me back up. It's without question that we are living in a, in a dark culture 
meaning sin, sin is rampant, but the Bible teaches us that where sin abounds, grace so much more abounds. And as dark as this world might be, the light is shining brightly. And you and I get to play a role in that. We get to be a part of it. But when you are a light-giving person, get ready because it's not always easy. Paul will be our example in Scripture today that looks just like you and I because you're just one accusation away from finding yourself on trial with your friends. You're just one accusation away from being called a radical, from being called a Bible thumper, from being called a prude, from being called boring, from being called a Christian. And Paul in Acts 24 was accused of three things that he was not guilty of, but could be something similar to you and I. Here they are, Acts 24 in verse number five through nine. Paul was accused of a political accusation. Everybody say political. He was accused of a religious accusation. Everybody say religious. Now I'm gonna use this next word and, and, and I'm gonna tell you why. I, I, I love a particular commentary called pulpit commentary and there is a reference to a ceremonial, a ceremonial accusation. Everybody say ceremonial. So Paul is accused of being a troublemaker. He starts riots. Now we understand Paul never started a riot, but Paul's presence in dark places would cause the dark creatures to rise up being bent out of shape. Anybody ever take a, a light bulb and turn it on in a basement or in a shed or in a barn? Or have you ever lifted up a rock that had, had, had suppressed all kind of light and you open up, you pull that rock up and all the little critters scatter? Listen to me, dark creatures do not like it when the light comes on. So Paul shows up, man, in Athens. He shows up in all of these cool places, and he's bringing the light of Jesus. And sure, people got upset, but Paul never started a riot. It was the light coming on in dark places that caused the riot. And then, he, then there's this religious accusation, which I find really funny, because they said, Paul's not only a troublemaker, he's the leader of a religious cult called the Nazarenes. And if you know your Bible history at all, you would be familiar with the fact that Christ was a Nazarene and that Nazareth was always on the other side of the tracks, so to speak. And uh, that's why we celebrate the fact that Jesus wasn't born in a palace setting. He, he, was, he was born of a virgin. Uh, he was born of a woman that was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, which is very interesting, the Immaculate Conception. And then he was actually birthed in a stable. I mean, this guy went, he went against the grain, didn't he? Just to show humanity that his salvation is for whosoever will. His salvation is not just set apart for those with. It's not just set apart for those without. It's set apart for whosoever will. And Paul's a part of this group of Christians. And he's accused of being the leader of a cult. 
Well, look, if you really want to get, get rid of a, a real clear understanding, a cult is just somebody that does things a little different way. Now, of course, there are, there are cults that are unhealthy emotionally and spiritually and even physically and definitely socially. But Christianity's never been in a, in a position that it's unhealthy socially. It's bringing the light to darkness. It's a healthy thing. It's a healthy lifestyle. It's a healthy faith. Can I get an amen? But, of course, he was different. And if some of you think that you can be all in with Jesus and not be different, you're mistaken. It's impossible for you to be all in with Jesus and fit in all in the world. Newsflash, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you came out from among the lost and unbeliever. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be weird. That doesn't mean that you have to be uh, disconnected from reality. I mean, I know some of them. We're so spiritually minded that they're of zero earthly good. We don't want that. But you can't be all in with Jesus and be all in with your former life as well. If you really want to get a little theology here you when you go all in with Jesus what you're doing is you're allowing him to buy you you're becoming purchased by his blood and you're no longer of your own you're, you actually become owners you're, you're owned by him so yeah you're separate you know Nathan I give you props today man and I know this is breaking all kind of live stream rules for talking to somebody but hey I'm the pastor let me do my deal Nathan you now, my brother, stand up real quick. Matter of fact, we're going to break all the rules. Come up on the platform with me. Channing, Channing, come here, Channing. Come here, come here, come here, Channing. Come here, come here. We got Mr. Handsome and Miss Beautiful. Watch this. Come here, Channing, real quick. Stand over here, bro. You are definitely your daddy's kid rocking the flip-flops. <laughs> how are you, baby? Watch this now. How old are you? 11. How old are you? You're what? 13? What just happened last Sunday when Channing was baptized and what just happened today when Nathan was baptized? You got to understand, they're now marked publicly because what God did in their private heart, they went ahead and just said, I want to tell everybody about it. So basically, the light that was within them already, now it's like spotlight. And they're just like shining everywhere they go. So, you know, they're going to walk into school tomorrow, and people are going to be like, whoa, what's that? It's the light of Jesus shining out from them. But get ready, Nathan. Get ready, Channing, because you're going to have things thought about you, things said about you that were said about Paul. Oh, Channing's baptized, so she's all this. You know what? She is all this. And oh, Nathan, you know, he's a little baseball player. You know, he's like, you know, next A-Rod. But now he's baptized, so I guess he's no longer cool. No, he is cool with a capital, is it C or K? It's a joke. 
Gosh, y'all, y'all don't even get humor. It's Louisiana education. Go Tigers. Watch. Cool with a capital K. See, you are awesome and you are awesome. Give it up for my friends today real quick. They're marked. And when you're marked, you, you've got, you, you've got a, uh, y'all can go. That was hilarious. I'm like, they're still here. They're marked, man. Paul was marked. Oh, he's a religious leader. Oh, he's breaking all kind of rules because there was a ceremonial accusation because when they went to arrest Paul, he happened to be in the synagogue. He was in the place of worship and he, was, he, and he actually brought with him some people that didn't fit the bill. They weren't supposed to be in the church. So he's hanging out with people that he brought with him and now they're accusing him of all these wrongdoings. And this is where the sermon takes off. For the next few while, I've, I've been a little funny now because the rest of this ain't funny. You're gonna be miserable because a burden is about to get a hold of your heart. Just kind of had to set you up with a little laughter because I pray that a burden, a burden means you can't get relief from what I'm about to tell you. Because the next, few cha- the f- next few verses of this chapter is one of the most tragic, heartbreaking stories that mirrors, it, it actually sounds like some of the people that you love because there was a man named Felix that had to hear the accusations of Paul. And Felix has the job of making the decision of what Paul's destiny will be. And the Bible says in verse Number chapter 24, verse 22, that at that point, Felix, after hearing these accusations, the political charge, the, the religious charge, and the ceremonial charge, once he heard all of this, it says at that point, Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, y'all remember when Christ was walking on the earth, he, he said of himself, I am the way the truth and the life. The way was known as Christianity. And Felix was familiar with Christianity. How? He wasn't a Christian. How was he familiar? Christianity was kind of new. I mean, we're rocking and rolling here, but how, how would he be so familiar? I'm, I, I threw a little something in your sermon notes, and some of you, I see you're following the notes on your app I threw a little something in here that I find fascinating and I won't stay here long. But for some of you that are wired like me, you're gonna love this little bit of history. Felix was married to this, this, this chick named Drusilla. And Drusilla was, happened to be out of the family with the Herods. And if you're familiar with the Herods, the Herods were nasty, sinful, promiscuous, and, and, and very dangerous people. You might remember uh, Herod the Great. Drusilla's, great uh, Drusilla's grandfather was Herod the Great. Let me tell you who he was. Herod the Great killed his wife. Herod the Great killed several of his family members. And Herod the Great was also the cat that was trying to kill all the two-year-olds in Bethlehem, attempting to take the life of Jesus himself. That was her grandfather. Drusilla's uncle was the dude, the Herod that killed 
uh, that took the life of John the Baptist. And then, on top of that, her, her uncle was the Herod that took the life of James. I'm sorry, her father. Her father took the life of James. Her uncle took the life of John the Baptist. And her grandfather took the life of, of, of all these babies. So Drusilla actually grew up in the family dynamic, you know. Their dinner table conversations were taking the life of Christians. She gets married, and Felix is attracted to her. She's married. Felix breaks up that marriage. She got married at 14. He, he breaks up that marriage and brings her into his soul tie, So we have a really messed up young lady, Drusilla. But as messed up as she was, now married to Felix, she actually tells Felix about Christianity. Felix, Paul didn't start riots. Felix, Paul is not a leader of a cult. Felix, Paul didn't do anything that was defiling in the tabernacle. These people have always been hated for the light that they bring to darkness. I've watched it through my family history. Felix, be cautious before you make your decision. So he was exposed to the light from his wife, Drusilla. But now he's confronted with the light because he actually gives the floor over to Paul and says, I've heard all these accusations. Now, Paul, you tell me your side of the story. And Paul begins to reason with Felix on these three things. And it's the three things that always will have to be understood by someone in darkness before they can ever come into light. And that is, he talked to him about righteousness. In other words... Paul spent time with Felix telling him, you've been doing things the wrong way. There's a better way. And it's a righteous way. It's a holy way. It's a clean way. But it can only be the way of Jesus. So Felix has already been hearing from Drusilla that these people are not as crazy as they seem to be. And now he's being told that he's wrong in his heart because it's dark. And then Paul reasons with him on self-control. Felix, apart from Jesus, you have no self-control. You've already broken up Drusilla's first marriage, and now you're about to send me into my destiny of death in your viewpoint. You have no self-control, and then he reasoned with him on the third one, which was the coming judgment. Felix, be careful, sir, because there will be a judgment come to your life as well as all of ours, and all of this is happening to Felix. He's been, he's seeing the light. He's seeing in the light and the Bible says that Felix says to Paul you think that I'm going to come into your truth I'll get back to you when it's more convenient now here is where I pray a burden comes upon every single one of us in this room because over the next several weeks into a month, month and a half you are going to be saturated with conversations And you, because of your good intentions and your love for people, might invite someone to church. You might share with them about a small group. You might share with them the love of God. But you just sharing those things does not bring someone to salvation. There must be a conviction that leads to saving 
Now, this is where it's going to get a little quiet in here, and I'm okay with it. Felix made the decision to not embrace the light. Now, this next portion of this sermon is brand new to me. In my preparing for this sermon today, I came across something that maybe some of you are familiar with, but our great forefather, Benjamin Franklin, was similar to Felix. Benjamin Franklin came into a relationship, a friendship, with the great preacher, George Whitfield. Now, he started into a business relationship because he would print, he would put into press all of Whitfield's sermons. But how many of you know if you're, if you're printing off these sermons that are built and, and based on the word of God, you're starting to read the word of God and things start happening in one's heart and mind. And then Whitfield, because of the friendship that was developing, he began to pray over him and would start to witness to Benjamin Franklin. And so someone interviewed Franklin and they said, what was your relationship with the great preacher? And he said, well, he would try his best to introduce me to Jesus. And I'm, I'm sure he's sad because he went to his grave without ever seeing his prayer answered. And then Benjamin Franklin's on record for saying something so sobering, similar to Felix in Scripture of Acts 24. They said, well, where are you at now in your faith? He said, well, I believe Jesus lived. And I believe he was a good man. Well, what do you believe about his divinity? I'm not quite sure about that. You ready for it? I will just have to wait and find out later. Now, this sermon is for you, my friends that call this your home church. If you're a guest today... I welcome you into this conversation, but every single one of us have family, and we have friends, and we have coworkers, students of AO. You're going to have friends in the band, and friends on the football team, and friends that you run track with, and friends in your, in your math class. You've got friends that you want to invite to church, but can I just tell you something? Inviting someone to church, and knowing a preacher, and knowing a building does not bring anyone to saving faith. There must be a conviction that leads to faith in Christ. Benjamin Franklin knew who Jesus was as well as Felix. But neither man in our history trusted him for salvation. And over these next several weeks, young people of Calvary Church, you listen to me, and moms and dads that will be at ball games and band recitals, and, and you and I are going to be, we're going to be in our community, and our, our schedules are fixing to get ramped up, and we're fixing to have so many events, and we're going to be rubbing shoulders with so many people. Can I tell you something? Yes, I want you to invite people to church. Yes, I want you to represent your faith family well. But can I tell you something? There's a whole nother level. Because this is where I'm going to be the unpopular guy for the day. There is something called eternity. There is a heaven. And there is a hell. And hell is not where God sends people he doesn't like. That's not the truth. Hell exists for those that just choose 
not to accept him as their savior. If God had his ultimate divine way, it would be empty. So that's why I say that this church, our mission, our purpose, ladies and gentlemen, is to absolute populate heaven and bankrupt hell. The reason we exist, the reason we exist is not for programs and missions trips and student ministries. and the, We don't exist for songs that are led and, and, and coffee that's served. Can I just tell you something? That's all introductory. That's just little simple baby steps to what matters most. And that is your uncle, your cousin, your friend, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter. The ones that you've yet to meet, but you will tomorrow in your first day of school, they will be facing eternity. And Felix chose to, to, to ignore eternity. And the great forefather of our nation, Benjamin Franklin, chose to ignore eternity. And can I just tell you something? We're just one handshake away from somebody choosing to embrace it. And the question is, will you Will you have such a burden that it's not just about passing out a church card, but it's bigger than that. It's I want to lead you to Jesus, the Savior of a lost world. And I pray this gets a, just gets a hold of you. And I pray that you will not be able to eat lunch with that man or woman or that couple again without you thinking about the big, picture because yes I want to play golf with them I can't wait to dove hunt with them I can't wait to fish with them y'all know my world I just love being with people I eat it up it's man it's my it's my joy but can I tell you something me knowing them and loving them and liking them and getting along with them hadn't saved anybody which brings me to this my closing few minutes there's possibly you here today. We love each other. And you love this. And you're a part of this. But this doesn't save you. This helps with the conviction. But your conviction must, it must bleed over. It must step over into faith and trust in a Savior. And I want to lead you to Jesus today. I want you to stand. This worship team's fixing to set the stage for you. Some of you already are at a place. You're already there. You're already there. I want you to begin to just let this sermon stir your heart. Worship team, step up for me. Step up here quick. We just got a few minutes left. I want you to sing this one or two times through and I'm coming and listen to me. When I get back into this spot on this carpet, you be ready because I want you to make the decision of your life. And that's not just to know about him, but I want you to welcome him into your heart as your savior.